the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along for the Wednesday edition, the Ash Wednesday edition of The Ride Home. I see that uh, none of us have ashes on our forehead. No. It's not part of our uh, our tradition. Well, my, our service is tonight. Right. So some people, you know, don't have ashes because they haven't gone yet. Of course. It's not that they don't want to. Right. I, I saw a thing uh, today that the, the some uh, some churches here in Pittsburgh are doing drive-through ashes. Because mm-hmm. you're just too pressed for time. Can, can we find a way to try drive-through less? Ashes. Can we possibly put forward... Okay. Less effort. I'd like uh, some waffle fries, uh, some chicken nuggets. That's just sad. Get some ashes on my head as well because I love Jesus. Really, mm-hmm. really depressing. So this is you know a day that uh, a lot of course for a lot of believers around the world a lot of self reflection. Mm-hmm. Uh, the president himself has actually chimed in today for the first time to talk about Ash Wednesday. Okay, and uh, it's also a sort of a line in the sand for people who have decided to sacrifice something. They want to give something up for for the uh, forty days of Lent. So I, I saw this. This is interesting to me only because of the wording from a secular perspective of what they consider these the Lenten season to be. Listen to this. This is from an organization called Decision Data. They say this, religious or not, Lent can be a great time of year oh, to give up a distraction. <laughs> Honestly. Religious or not. Honestly, regardless of what you believe, you can enter into any tradition you want. That's exactly it. Religious or not. Lent can be a great time of year to give up a distraction and refocus on other things that might be important in our lives. While popularized in religious circles. <laughs> popularized. While popularized in religious circles. Those Catholics, they're really into promoting the pop thing. Lent is spreading into the secular world mm. as more people participate in the fasting of some specific thing over the 40 days that lead up to the Easter holiday. Yeah, they did, at least they called it Easter. I mean, can you believe this? No. Where, is the, where are you reading this from? This is from decisiondata.org. That's oh, just... So they ran a survey. more stories from Decision Data. <laughs> yeah. They ran a survey of what people are giving up for the Lenten uh, season. Mm-hmm. Well, religious or not. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, this is the first time this has happened. Uh, the social media has now led the pack in what people are giving up. 21% of uh, 586 people polled, it's a small sample, uh, have decided they are giving up social media right behind the heels of, of alcohol, chocolate or sweets, soda or coffee, junk snacks. Uh, this is good to see. Fast food. And then, <laughs> this is a very holy practice. So people have decided to give up <laughs> <Okay>. pornography <laughs> for Lent, followed by... Weed. <laughs> oh, gosh. God bless you. God bless you for your laugh. sacrifice in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> I mean, can you make that up? Okay. <laughs> what are you 
Okay. Okay. Let's let. Okay. So what's 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 like Hank Azaria? Yeah. Remember, he just announced yesterday or the day before that he's quitting The Simpsons. Or he's not quitting The Simpsons, but he's not going to do the Indian character yes, anymore. Exactly. Yes. And the reason why he's not is uh, it's socially unacceptable. Right? right. People are accusing him of cultural appropriation. Right. Yes. Well, if you're accusing Hank Azaria after being on The Simpsons for about thirty years, 30 years of cultural appropriation, how? Is latching on to Ash Wednesday if you're not religious, not cultural appropriation? Is there no sensitivity for that? No, there is nothing. No, People. No. Religious or not, Lent can be a great time of year to give up a distraction and refocus. Mike, would you like to give up a distraction? Okay. Mike's thinking of giving us up <laughs> yeah, for Lent. We're certainly a distraction. Yeah. We are not. Yeah, we He's are. thinking that he'd be healthier as a result. Right. Now, uh, the Pope has chimed in as well. Okay. Uh, he has said Please this. tell me there's something of more substance that he's bringing. Well, he brings in social media into this. Okay. Um, the Pope has made an appeal to tone things down while speaking today to tens of thousands of people in St. Peter's Square for his general audience. He said, um, it is a time to give up uh, unuseful words, gossip, rumors, tattletale, and instead... Speak to God on a first-name basis. We live in an atmosphere polluted by too much verbal violence, Mm -hmm. too many offensive and harmful words, which are amplified by the Internet. Today, people insult each other as if they were saying good day. Now, uh, the the article, with this is article from a trust.org, also uh, does call into question the Pope, um, not his practices, but the people who have been trolling on the Pope. So the Pope, I'm sure, himself has felt the sting of you social think? media scourge. I'm sure that that's mm-hmm. like, he feels like that's his whole job. Yeah, without, well, if he... Listen, if... Too much verbal violence. If that's what the Pope said, man, I am 100% really in his phrase. corner. Verbal violence. How about giving up trolling in general? Mm-hmm. People who uselessly dog people on social media are the lowest of the low. What is the deal I'm with so that? sick of it. It's such poor human behavior. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It really is. Okay, so we've gone from... Um, Boy, it's here. I'll pick me up. Yeah. And uh, here, this, let me read you a statement. This is uh, from the president and Melania. Okay. Uh, this is the first time that they have uh, said anything at all about Ash Wednesday and the Lenten season. Okay. This is an official statement from the White House. It says this, Melania and I wish everyone observing Ash Wednesday a peaceful and prayerful day. For Catholics and other Christians, Ash Wednesday marks the beginning of the Lenten season that concludes with the joyful celebration of Easter Sunday. Today, millions of Christians will be marked on their foreheads with the sign of the cross. The imposition of ashes is an invitation to spend time during Lent, fasting, praying, and engaging in acts of charity. This powerful and sacred tradition reminds us of our shared mortality, Christ-saving love, and the need to repent and accept the gospel more fully. We join in prayer with everyone observing this holy day and wish you a prayerful Lenten journey. May you grow closer to God in your faith during this blessed season. Hey, that's a terrific statement. Love it. President, President, appreciate that. Repent and accept the gospel more fully. Great, fabulous. I hope we all take that to mm-hmm. into a and give that serious thought. That's right. very, very good. Excellent. So it is. It's Ash Wednesday, the beginning of the Lenten season. Okay. I, I always love this season. Have you decided to give up anything? I, I have not. Mike, have you decided to give up anything? Yeah. No. Okay. No. You, Kath? I feel like I have not had enough time to give it significant thought, and so now all of a sudden I'm trying to 
decide something fast, okay. which is no, probably no, no, no. a bad idea. No, so I was thinking about what you said yesterday because yesterday you said, you know, in years past you've given things up, but a year was it two years ago right. you decided to add something as right. a sacrifice. Yes. So, like a lot of people, my morning prayer time, you know, it it's a set thing for me, mm-hmm. but it's not that long. Mm-hmm. Maybe fifteen minutes, I would say, fifteen okay. to twenty minutes. I've decided to add additional, and I don't know what that means. Okay. But I would like to be deeper in the okay, word great. and in prayer time for a longer period to start the day. Oh, that's all. Well, that's fantastic. That's well, all I'm saying. We're going to talk about that coming up next with Josh Brown. Josh is from Belfield Evangelical Presbyterian Church. He's going to join us. And we're going to talk about Ash Wednesday, what it is, and the kind of practices that might help you to really invest yourself in understanding what sacrifice is this Lenten season. Very nice. Stick around. We'll be back in a few minutes. Uh, hey, we're streaming live. Check us out on Facebook, 101.5 Word FM on Facebook. Hello. 101.5 WORD. Everywhere you go, anywhere you go, Word FM goes with you. That's because we're no longer trapped inside a radio. We're now everywhere you are, and you carry us around in your pocket. We're ubiquitous. There's an app for that, right? On TuneIn, on iHeart, on our own app, on WordFM.com. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. On your iPad, iPhone, and Android. We're always with you because we're inside your pocket. Whatever you do, don't lose us. 101.5 WORD. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. I had a lot of credit card debt, and I couldn't pay my bills. I was feeling so bad. I got to a point where I needed some help, so I reached out and contacted Trinity. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-936-5496 to talk to a certified counselor. They were able to take all of my different payments and put them all together. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, put a stop to late fees and over-limit charges, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. And they were actually able to work with my creditors. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000 in the last 18 months. If your debt has you down, call Trinity at 1-800-936-5496. My name is Stephanie, and I'm debt-free for keeps. 1-800-936-5496. We have a major problem here in Pennsylvania, very much like other addictions plaguing our communities. The threat is unregulated gambling on illegal slot machines, camouflaged as skill games. They're popping up everywhere at gas pumps, pizza parlors, and your local convenience store. State police describe these places as breeding grounds for loan sharking and money laundering. If you object to your community becoming a mini Las Vegas, make your voice heard. Call one 888 472-4418. Report those places that are enticing our kids into gambling disguised as entertainment. It's an activity that siphons money away from the Pennsylvania Lottery, whose proceeds go to supporting seniors in our state. Please phone now. This is serious. That number again is one 472 4418 Paid for by Pennsylvanians Against Illegal Gambling. Executive Board Member Peter Shelley. Hi, this is Joe Belanti with J&D Waterproofing at 1-800-BERRY-DRY. In honor of our 81 years serving the tri-state area, we are offering great savings for all our new and past customers. Call 1-800-BERRY-DRY. That's 1-800-BERRY-DRY to get your savings on basement waterproofing, bowing or cracking walls, and or footer stabilization projects. Or visit us at jdwaterproofing.com. J&D Waterproofing, family owned and operated since 1939. 
Wednesday, I was out about today, and I saw more than several people with ashes on their forehead, which I, I always love. I mean, there's an outward expression of who you are. You know, I mean, sometimes, remember, the, there was a guy we used to work with, and he had a fish on his car. <laughs> right. And um, he, he took it off. He had to take it off because he was such a, he had such uh, amounts of road rage. <laughs> he, he, was, he was such a bad driver. He right. thought, well, this fish, I'm just making it worse. <laughs> right. Now people know I'm a Christian and I'm awful. So instead of changing his behavior, he just got rid of the symbol. <laughs> so, so one of you out walking around today and you see somebody with ashes on their forehead, identifying self, identifying and they're like angry at someone. I mean, okay. All right. Reverend Josh Brown is with us from Belfield Presbyterian Church in the Oakland neighborhood of the city of Pittsburgh. Uh, Josh is a regular guest on our show and always a welcome presence. Josh, uh, happy Ash Wednesday today. I, I don't know if that's such a thing as happy Ash Wednesday. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's the exact phrase for it, but John, Kathy, it's always good to be with you guys. Thanks for having me once again. All right. So it's not like the fish, Josh, right? So it's not like you're wearing, you're, you have ashes on your forehead as in you're wearing you know, a statement that I'm a Christian and I'm a good person. It's kind of the reverse. Uh, it is, I, in the sense that you're acknowledging that um, Ash Wednesday has, there's a few things that it's always acknowledged. One, it's it's a time to um, just admit to ourselves that we are mortal, that we are finite, that as Scripture says, from dust we have come and to dust we shall return. Um, that's not always a fun thing to dwell on, but it, it's true. Uh, we can't avoid that. Right. Uh, so it's, it's acknowledging that. Another thing, it's reminding us of... Uh, the gospel's call to die daily to our sin and to rise daily to new life in Christ. So there's this movement of dying and rising again. And and then it's preparing us for the good news, ultimately. If we are reminded of the fact that we are mortal, that we are finite, that we are under the sentence of death, then the good news of Christ's victory over death shines that much more brilliantly. So it's, it's gearing us towards those things. It's ultimately starting us towards a journey um, for Easter, and you begin with a in a minor key. Right. So this day, Josh, this Ash Wednesday. Um, I mean, I grew up like grew up with this as a Catholic schoolboy, but for evangelicals or Presbyterians or Anglicans or whatnot, um, sort of more lately coming to the table in the acceptance of Ash Wednesday. Is that fair to say? I think so. It's kind of coming back to the table in a way. It's something that the Church uh, had done from a long time, probably about the 3rd or 4th century is when it seems like it really got solidified. And um, the the reasoning behind it makes sense. It's it's biblical. Um, there was a recognition that in order, before we, before we make this journey to the empty tomb, well, first of all, you can't get there without going to the cross. And as we're gearing ourselves up for that, there's, uh, there was a recognition that that takes some time to do to prepare our hearts and minds for that, for really to be able to hear and, and embrace the good news of what Christ has done. So the Church looked at it as, well, we're going to take a 40-day period, um, corresponding to Jesus' own 40 days of, of fasting in the wilderness, and, and so we'll start 40 days before Easter. Now, it's not exactly 40 days, because Sundays are feast days in the middle of that, mm-hmm. but the idea was that we're going to take this 40-day period to really gear our hearts and minds to be ready for what it is that we're celebrating um, on Easter. And initially, it was really uh, it was for people who were her recent converts to the faith. So the people who would be, uh, they'd, be getting, they'd get baptized on Easter Sunday, and it was a really a time of 40 days leading up to that to really make sure that they're um, that this is what, what they this wanted? Is about and okay. kind of, yeah, what, the, what the, yeah, they wanted, they were they're kind of living right. into that. So mm-hmm. it's something the Church has done for a long time, around the time of the Reformation, when Protestants were really kind of pushing back against a lot of, some of what they saw as, as overly 
symbolized or enacted things in the Catholic Church. It did get brushed to the side, but um, it's not a new thing. It's been around for a long time, mm-hmm. and again, it, it really, it, in very visible and kind of sensory ways, it shows us what's happening as we get ready for the good news of Easter. Josh, what about the um, the idea of of repentance? I mean, Josh or uh, John was reading. I'm talking to Josh. I'm talking about John. He was reading before you came on the air. uh, uh, A news story today said, you know, it really doesn't matter whether you're religious or not. You know, you can take advantage of the benefits of Lent by giving something up because it'll just, you know, be good for your humanity or or whatever. We certainly shouldn't be constrained by some some faith tradition. Um, But really, the essence of it is not behavioral modification, right? So some people say, you know, I'm going to give up sugar and so I'll lose 10 pounds or whatever. That's, this is, we're, we're losing the point of Ash Wednesday, I think, or we're losing the point of Lent. I think so. Yeah, you're right. There, there are a lot of, um, it, as with so many things in our walk as disciples, it comes down to the motivation here. I mean, what, why is it that you're doing it? Um, the outward actions may look very similar between two people, but the heart motivations could be diametrically opposite of one another. So you're right. If, it, if it's a way to kind of motivate yourself to get back on a diet or start some new reading program or anything like that, that can bring about its own good results, but that's, that's operating at a pretty surface level of things. And uh, there's a verse uh, in the prophet Joel that usually gets read around Ash Wednesday or on Ash Wednesday. We're going to be reading it in our service here tonight where Joel says, rend your hearts and not your garments. Mm-hmm. And he's getting at exactly what you're talking about there, Kathy, that it's not about these outward performance things of rending your garments of making this big show of, oh, look what I'm doing. Even if it's just yourself, even if you're just rending your garments in front of a mirror, you know, making a, a show to yourself, he's saying, rend your hearts. It's a deeper thing that's going on here. Mm-hmm. Surrender, surrender, right? I mean, that's really what it's about. Uh, Josh, uh, for yourself personally, can you talk about uh, a Lenten journey? Do you uh, observe the Lenten process? I try to, although I'll admit that those are some of the same tensions that I wrestle with. Uh, if there's something that I'm going to either do, pick up as a new thing, or set aside um, to really ask myself, why is it that I'm doing this? Is it just because it's something that I've done before? Um, is it something that I'm really seeing as a way to uh, draw my own attention uh, to the Lord during this time? So, for example, fasting, fasting of some sort, right? Giving up something. Right. Fasting... Um, even biblically, as you see it, it it, it is not, an, it's never just an end in and of itself. It's really, it's designed to prompt us to pray more. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in the times that you are, but if you're feeling the pangs of whatever it is that you've given up, that in and of itself ought to be a reminder to, I'm going to really be intentional about seeking the Lord right now and resting in what Christ has done for me. Um, so yes, to your to your question, there are things that I do and have tried to do over the years, but I will freely admit that uh, I, I have to ask myself that. Why am I really doing this? What's really behind this? Is it is it a uh, a rending, a tearing of the heart and not the garments, or is it just a surface thing? Josh Brown is with us from Belfield Presbyterian Church in the Oakland District of Pittsburgh. We're talking about Ash Wednesday. Josh, uh, John and I have been reading over the last couple of weeks about fasting. Uh, there's a brand new book out by Jay Richards that we um, have just gotten into and we like a lot. And Earlier, I said, you know, Lent isn't about behavior modification, but in some, but you know, we're not spirits that are disengaged from a body either, and so there is an amount of behavior modification that goes into any of the spiritual disciplines, right? So you, so 
it's not a behavior modification program, and yet your behavior is modified physiologically as you decide to pursue any of the spiritual disciplines. So I don't know. Could you talk about that? I don't know if you have if you have fasted at any time or you've done anything that has been spiritual um, as a sacrifice that's also been linked to something physical. Yeah, that's an important distinction to make, and it's not its not a mutually exclusive thing, uh, as I think of what you were getting at there, that it, it is not behavior modification simply for the point of behavior modification, as if, yeah, I think you said, giving up sugar. It would be, it'd be good for me to have less sugar in my diet, so therefore I'm going to give that up. That That's really just to, there's a, there's a goal there that you're striving towards, um, but it is it is not as deep as what these things are designed to get at. So, it is changing a pattern of behavior, changing a way of thinking, changing a way of uh, engaging in this world, because it's meant to be, that, that in and of itself ought to be the fruit of something that is going on at the deeper heart level of just who you are, the work of the Spirit in your own life to make us more and more into the image of Jesus Christ. So, um, yeah, th- there's, a, there's a relation there for sure. There, is, there are things that ought to change, uh, even just as we grow in our own discipleship, there are things that ought to change. And yet those ought to be the, the kind of outward expressions of what's happening at the deepest level of who we are through the work of the Spirit, uh, and not just outward expressions only. So yes. I think maybe that's where you're getting at, but it is hard to, to kind of pare that away and figure out what exactly is happening here in my heart right now. But regardless, I mean, here it is. And, and Josh, I don't know how you feel about it, but to me, the Lenten season, this season that we're just starting today, is the is the most significant season, uh, I feel, way just personally, I don't know, you know, about the church, because it leads to Good Friday, which to me is the right. most holy day of the year. It's even more profound, of course, than Christmas Day, uh, to think about Christ on the cross and, and then, of course, the resurrection on Sunday morning, on Easter morning. But, you know, this period is a time of... of um, deep reflection, uh, deep sacrifice. And I find, at least in the years past, the more that I engage in this season, the deeper I am intentional in the process daily. And that surrender and, you know, the drawing in of Christ into my life and all those things, that when Good Friday comes and there's there's so much pain and so much beauty at the same time, it makes the celebration of Easter morning even more triumphant. And it really, it's sort of the exclamation point spiritually for me for the year. Do you, I think, yeah, I think you're right. And I think you hit on it right there. Something that I tried was trying to get out a, a little bit earlier, that oftentimes we are only telling half the story, right? If we are talking about Easter and we say, well, Jesus has conquered death, he is risen, He's risen indeed, all these things that we do. That's good, and that is true, and that is a good reason to celebrate. Yes. But if you don't know what the, if you don't really know the extent of the problem, then there's a, there's a degree to which that rings a little bit hollow. Mm-hmm. Um, if, you know, if you just have, if the problem is just that you have a spiritual headache, then all you need is some spiritual Tylenol, right, if you want to think of it that way. On the other hand, if what Ash Wednesday in the Lenten season does is reminds us, no, the problem is death, right? That is the sentence that hangs over your head, and it's hung over everyone's head since Adam first transgressed God's will in the garden, right? From dust you are to dust you shall return. That's the problem. It doesn't get more serious than that. And we don't dwell on that just to be morbid, but to, to say, no, that, that is the extent of it. And there is nothing that I can do to overcome death, right? So if we face the severity of the problem, then the kind of explosive brilliance of the good news really does come into focus the way that it should. As you said, John, it becomes not just an exclamation point, but really 
I mean, the resounding praise of, of everything that we're doing to say that we all know how serious the problem was, and that's been dealt with. It's been dealt with fully and finally by Jesus Christ. Amen. And so, Josh, many churches, of course, have already had their uh, their their um, their celebration today. Yep. But uh, today at Belfield, you're having it a little bit later on in the day. We are. Yeah, we're doing it at 7 o'clock in the evening, and I'm not going to pretend there, like, there's some deep theological reason for that. Um, some of it's just uh, where, where we are. You know, we sure. have tried to... There's, uh, the benefit of doing it early in the day is that for you as an individual, it, it ought to have that be on your mind throughout the day, or maybe if it even sparks conversations with other people around you. As, I, as you were saying, people can see that, so it, it could prompt some good questions. Who knows? There is a benefit to doing it earlier in the day. Um, again, honestly, there's not some uh, super spiritual answer to this. I think part of it is just our location where we are in the city. Uh, for some of our folks, getting in during the day is a little trickier, so uh, we're doing it in the evening. But, um, you know, the, the focus is still the same. And so, yes, we're doing it uh, in just, uh, just a couple hours here. Nice. Josh, talk about Belfield on a weekly basis. Yeah, uh, we are, as I just mentioned, we're right located in, smack in the middle of Oakland here in Pittsburgh. Uh, so we have a really kind of a neat community drawn from all kinds of different generations. We certainly engage a lot with the university communities around here. Uh, we have three different services on, on Sundays, two that are in the morning, one that's in the evening. Uh, all that we are up to throughout the week and the different ways that we're engaged in trying to serve the Oakland community, you can find uh, on our website, which is very simply org and social links there. Uh, so... Um, it's an exciting place to be, and uh, we're just happy to be able to do the, the work that God has given us to do here in this place. I'm into that. Well, Josh, thanks an awful lot. Appreciate uh, your reflections upon this day and uh, Ash Wednesday, what it means to us as we move forward into Good Friday and uh, to Easter Sunday. Always a pleasure yeah. to have you with us. My pleasure. Thanks again, guys, for having me. I'll talk to you soon. Josh Brown, Belfield Presbyterian Church, this evening, 7 o'clock, Fifth uh, Avenue, right across from uh, the, the old Pitt, Pitt Bookstore. Book yeah. It's the new Pitt Bookstore, too. Well, I could have called it the old one. No, it's still the new one. If you're a licensed counselor in Pennsylvania, Grace Wellness Center doesn't want to hire you. They want to partner with you. At Grace Wellness Center, you'll find the personal support and professional development you need to build your ideal clientele. Grace Wellness Center invests in you so you can invest in your clients. Get the support, training, and personal coaching you need to pursue your passion and build the kingdom with offices throughout Greater Pittsburgh. Join the team at thegracewellnesscenter.com. When you're searching for a new mattress, you may be faced with a choice between a traditional inner spring or memory foam mattress. But you don't have to choose. You can get the active support of a high-quality inner spring with the comfort of memory foam in the new hybrid mattresses from the original Mattress Factory. With two new hand-built hybrid models to choose from, you can expect the latest in sleep innovation at the same high-quality and factory-direct pricing you've come to expect from the Original Mattress Factory. Visit OriginalMattress.com to learn more. When the Original Mattress Factory first opened for business, we offered mattresses that were the same quality as the mainstream brands, but at a fraction of the cost. Our factory-direct model made it easy for customers to understand they were getting a great value. But over the last few decades, the mainstream mattress brands have made major cuts to quality, while the original Mattress Factory's quality has only improved. And we still cost less than those other brands. We know that all sounds too good to be true. That's why we're inviting you to stop by one of our stores or factory locations to see the original Mattress Factory difference for yourself. 
For your next client meeting, instead of worrying about where to get lunch, why not relax and get down to business? The Cooked Goose Catering Company provides truly delicious value to satisfy hungry clients and colleagues alike, like their bestseller, roast beef and stuffed chicken breast with mashed or roasted potatoes and green beans, just $10.95 a person. Visit CookedGooseCatering.com slash word and get to work. The Cooked Goose Catering Company, just good food. The message, Liberty Mutual Insurance, customizes your coverage so you only pay for what you need, is brought to you by Liberty Mutual Insurance, where you can customize your coverage so you only pay for what you need. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Does your church have a 2020 vision for missions? PRISM, the Pittsburgh Region International Student Ministries presents the 2020 Vision Conference, Saturday, March 7th at the Lamont. A day to equip your church to reach the nations through local and world evangelism. Ravi Zacharias Ministries' Lou Phillips and an esteemed panel of guests discuss the unique challenges of sharing the gospel in our changing times. Buffet lunch included. Reserve now at pghcommission.org. I get this warm feeling every single time we have special needs patients in our office. Their needs are not that different from anybody else. Spending the time with that patient is very rewarding to me. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, TuneIn, and on radio.com, in the car or at home too at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Today, considerable cloudiness, increasingly windy and turning colder. A little rain, followed by a snow shower late, low 26. Tomorrow, winds gusting past 40 miles per hour, cloudy and colder with snow showers, high 29. Tomorrow night, breezy early, otherwise cloudy and cold, low 20. Friday, mostly cloudy, breezy and cold with flurries, high 33. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Brian May. Captain, uh, you were just an internationally jet-setting route. I was. And uh, as you did that, that piece of paper, that holy grail of entrance into the... Oh, the boarding two, pass. The boarding the pass. The boarding pass. Now, for the first time on this trip, and I was in uh, eight different airports. One way or two? Both ways. Yeah. Eight different airports. Yeah, that's a lot. It's a lot of airports. Keep track of, isn't it? Now, for the first time ever, this has never happened to me before. Um, And I don't know if these are fears of the coronavirus. I don't know if this is something to do with additional security. But multiple times I was stopped in the airport I had just arrived in. Really? And asked for your pass. And asked for my boarding pass after I'd already gotten off the flight. Oh, that's really interesting. So the first time it happened, I I think I was in Tokyo when it happened first. And someone from the airline asked for my boarding pass. Really? I had just exited. And I didn't have you had to rummage through Well, your... I thought I think I left it in the little pocket. Yeah, yeah. I don't didn't need it. I had it before but I had to dig for it and then I handed it to her. She inspected it along with my passport and said it was okay. But so we were handing it on the way in mm-hmm. and on the way out. Oh, that's fascinating. So I wonder if, what, whether it was just heightened security. I don't know what that the was. I don't know. Okay, well, uh, the city of Pittsburgh, uh, the Allegheny uh, Transit Authority and the airport have said this. This is uh, from today's PG and Natasha Lindstrom, that travelers flying out of Pittsburgh will soon not have to display a boarding pass as they go through security. Not have to have it at all? No, no. Oh, can, do you have to have it to get on the plane? Yes. They oh. will still be required at the gate to board the plane. But now, this is cool. So as you book a flight, 
the people you're booking from, whether it's the directly to the airline or whatnot, that information will go on your license or your passport, and your your information will be scanned as you go through security. Right. That's the first time this happened to me. I was coming back into the country from Tokyo, and I was in Chicago, and I went to hand my boarding pass to the person who was going to check my bag mm-hmm. through, and they said, we don't need it anymore. Just hand mm-hmm. us your passport. But But with all the airports, they're all in different stages of protocol. Reconfiguring. So you think that you're going to go through one airport and you're they're going you're going to learn what to do. Right. But you realize every airport is it's slightly different. different. Okay, so they said uh, this article says in coming weeks 500 machines, these scanning machines will be installed at airports in US cities including Pittsburgh, Phoenix, Charlotte, Miami, Austin, Seattle. One machine is already in use at the uh, Pittsburgh International Airport according to the airport authority. Isn't that cool? So what's what's the scanning machine for? It's going to scan your ID, you know, your license or your passport. So the person, when you go through security, there's not going to be a person there anymore? No, I imagine there would be, but I think probably that's person, instead of directly handling your paper, okay. they'll just stand back and watch you go through the process. No, wait, no. how about this? Don't you love okay, this? Okay, that annoys me. It doesn't. No, okay. That annoys me. Wait, let, let me jump to this. Okay. When you came back home after that long trip and you've landed first on international soil. On American soil? Yes. Yes. And you came into those the machines, the customs machines. Did that not make you so happy? No. Well, it made me so – I love to do that. I love it so much. I wanted it to be a person. No, no, I don't – Why? You're coming back to America. Why the first thing you do should be to interact with a computer? I don't mind it at all. I, why can't you – why can't there be a person that says, no. hi, welcome back? Well, there were people there who were like, you know, directing you along the way or whatever. What? Right, you see them. It doesn't matter. My head is in a computer screen. Okay. Why do you like that? It just made me feel proud to be an American. What, that, that you we, could talk to a computer that we screen? we had the technology, that we, it was streamlined. I mean, in the old days, in the old days, there was this crisscross line that took you 45 minutes. Now, you put that thing down, you walk through, you're free and clear. That is not, that was not my experience. Oh, that was mine. I put my, you know, I, I did my thing with the computer. Yeah. And then I waited in line for 70 minutes. Oh, my god. To get through customs. What? 70 oh, no, minutes. No, no. I, that was after I did that. But here's the where thing. Where was that? What airport? In Chicago. I think because O'Hare has so many international flights that you've got like this huge. There were easily when I was doing all that, there were easily a thousand people waiting in line. Seventy minutes took seventy minutes to get through, and then I was thinking, are we saving any time by me talking to the computer instead of some you know person from you know I don't know Champaign, Illinois, saying, "Hey, glad Mm. you're back. How was your trip?" It's a first world problem. Okay, right? Because you just got off a tube. Did I sound whiny? I'm sorry. A little bit. I'm sorry. A little. It was very nice, and I enjoyed it. And once I got up to the front, the person I spoke with was. I mean, Fabulous. they're in customs. It's not like they're friendly. No, no. They're, they're not, all about the business. Right. They're not there to be your pal. I always feel like, you know, the movie Midnight Express. Like, <gasps> even though, like, what am I carrying? I'm carrying some sucrets and maybe some trail mix. But, you but f- I think I've got 500 pounds of hashish buried in my trunk from Turkey. I get anxious. And it's like, why am I getting right. anxious? I've got some yeah. sucrets. You've got, you're guilty over nothing. Exactly. Do they still make sucrets? I don't know. I don't think they do. If they did, I have them. You know what I had the other day? What's that? Luden's. Oh. Remember Luden's cough drops? Was it red? Yes. Nice. Wild cherry. Those are delicious. It's not a cough drop. It's candy. <laughs> it is. 101.5 WORD. Turning Point with David Jeremiah. Just like that. 
kingdoms of this world will end and Christ will set up his own kingdom. I don't plan to be here. I'm going to be gone. Because seven years before that, the rapture happens and all God's children are going to be up there. But I'm coming back with him, so I'm going to watch it all. Join Dr. David Jeremiah for his series, The Handwriting on the Wall, next time on Turning Point. This evening at 7.30 on 101.5 WORD. I was talking to my son, who's a student at Grove City College, about the current semester and his workload and his homework and all that. And he said, Dad, I'm just trying to stay focused. And so our conversation turned into, what do you do to stay focused Mm -hmm. in college? How does that work for you? And for him, the biggest thing is a daily routine to wake up, the prayers, the breakfast, the school, all that thing. One of the things that I think is powerful about Grove City is the requirement that you show up at chapel. It's a regular, twice a week thing that you have to do, that you've got to sign in. And you know what it is to have a child in college, right? Uh, the spiritual life often waxes and wanes. The hope is, through the focus that Grove City provides, of those weekly chapel, that accountability, that the focus stays strong on God first and foremost, and all things go from there. My daughter's a varsity swimmer at Grove City. In fact, just this past weekend, they won PACS, which was the first time in, I don't know, seven or eight years that both the boys and girls won PACS. It was a terrific, terrific weekend. We we just had a wonderful time. But the thing I think I noticed most in talking to my daughter is that structure of having to be at practice twice a day, having to be lifting every day, having to be with the team, as much of a commitment as it is, it gives the structure you're talking about that allows them to also excel in school. It seems like there isn't enough time in the day, but I think it's the structure that makes it work. Right. It's not easy being a college student, but Grove City gives your child the best shot. Look online, gcc.edu. We have reached the age where things just cost more. Cars, Mm -hmm. phones, Mm -hmm. life insurance. Your blood pressure is up. (laughs) Your weight is up. (laughs) You're one to talk. I have type 2 diabetes, so I'm getting dinged just like you. Thank goodness for Big Lou. Big Lou! Big Lou can get term life insurance rates for a 50-year-old male with type 2 diabetes or high blood pressure, or maybe he's on anxiety meds, Mm -hmm. for just around $200 a month for a million dollars of coverage. Oh, you gotta say that again. Go ahead. Okay, I'll say it. Big Lou and term provider could get a 50-year-old man, a little dinged up, a million dollars in life insurance for around $200 a month. Call Big Lou. Big Lou. He's like you. 800-555-2085. That's 800-555-2085. Don't put it off. If you're overweight, diabetic, have high blood pressure, you gotta call Big Lou. Gotta. 800-555-2085. Write it down. 800-555-2085. So we started off the show talking about this piece that I saw on a website called Decision Data. And um, it says this. This is uh, just fascinating. This is the collision of, of religion, faith, culture, the world we live in today, 21st century America. And self-help. Religious or not, Lent can be a great time of year to give up a distraction and refocus on other things that might be more important in our lives. While popularized in religious circles, Lent is spreading into the secular world as more people participate in the fasting of some specific thing over the 40 days that lead up to the Easter holiday. 
That says everything, mm-hmm. right? I'm glad. I'm glad that the church has popularized that. Well, popularized in religious circles. That's good. Right? I understand. Ann Kennedy's popularized it. Yeah, Ann Kennedy. She's a regular on our show. Uh, joins us uh, once a month. Uh, she blogs daily. Uh, fascinatingly, so she's a very funny person at Preventing Grace at the Patheos website. And welcome back to the show. Thank you. It's great to be here. Isn't it relief to know that the world thinks that uh, Ash Wednesday was quote unquote or Lent was popularized? By the church i that's horrifying i that's the most disturbing thing i've heard all day so. okay. see that's why you tune into I the ride home and four to six weekdays mm-hmm. <laughs> thank you for uh bringing that to my uh, i don't i don't think i can sleep now mm-hmm. what about the part john pull out that article what about the part where it says it doesn't matter if you're if you have a if you're religious or not because that was freeing for religious or not Lent can be a great time of year to give up a distraction and refocus on other things that might be more important in our lives, religious or not. Right. So right. that's good. We're also that, we're also concerned about cultural appropriation, Anne, except when it comes to religion. Then everybody can jump on. Yes. That's, I mean, I'm going to call foul. Don't appropriate my Lenten fest. That's, ho- that's really terrible. Yes. Uh, no, you can't have Lent if you don't believe in God or like Jesus, even not even God, like Jesus right. as God. <laughs> but now, uh, and you you write that you've been uh, using Lent that you would ask people not to use Lent for self care, right? Which is another uh, uh, or self improvement. Yes, if it's a phrase, the self improvement, self care kick that uh, the world's been on lately. I I have noticed it's you know I guess I think it's partly because. If, if you sort of observe Lent, first of all, I, I don't think you should celebrate Lent because it's not really a celebration. You should observe it yes. um, or carry on a discipline throughout Lent. Um, if you use it as, as like a reboot on your uh, New Year's resolutions, hmm. I mean, I think it's really easy to fall into that idea because, you know, by now your New Year's resolutions are way in the rearview mirror and you you're you know your life is a mess again so um why not take the chance to to restart all the stuff you promised yourself you were going to do but if it's if it is a sort of a secular like i need to lose weight now or i'm you know i need to cut out sugar because i'm i'm starting to be addicted again um that's not what lent and then easter is about but easter is about and Lent are both about Jesus and um, you you discovering that you are really a bad 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 person and you uh, are hellbound. So um, if you're giving up a little bit of chocolate to show yourself that you can just you know be a better person, then Lent is not a good. Don't bother. Right. Um, I feel like, Anne, I need to read a portion of your piece um, because it's just, I don't think there's any way that we can talk about it. I think we should just go right to it. Uh, This is what you've written today on patheos.com, Preventing Grace. Um, You say this. Like many people approaching the first day of Lent, I often examine my life and my conscience trying to think about what parts of my life are out of order and what discipline I might undertake in order to remedy the trouble. I mean, sometimes I do nothing at all except for buy myself flowers once a week because sometimes God chooses your Lent for you and you just have to hang on for dear life. But 
Other times I might think, oh, I am eating rather too much or drinking a bit more than necessary or am unable to walk away from all those cookies in the parish hall at church. You know, the ones that were sitting there last week, but who cares? I might as well just eat a couple, even though they are really stale or not praying at all, even though I think I am. I look at whichever curious insight I have gleaned about myself and decide to give up sugar or take up some discipline of prayer or stop drinking wine or soda or something. Midway through the time, I fail, and I have to pick myself up again and start over again and thus learn that I do need the help of my Savior because I cannot keep my promises to myself or anyone and am not a good person. When Easter rolls around, I am relieved. God redeemed and saved me, and also I can have whatever I gave up. Maybe I can even have some new discipline in place that carries on a few extra months. But honestly... If I am really honest, if honesty were even a thing, this sort of small discipline, though it grows very big as you face it day after day, comes very close to the world of self-improvement. And that's the problem, Anne, right? Is that you? we want to be doing it for Jesus reasons. Sacrifice. Except yeah. we can't get away from ourselves. So can we, can we really do that? I, I did. Well, I, it, it is in some sense, and that's the point of it. It is impossible to totally get away from yourself, but that's the task is to face the darkness of your, your own self and, and admit that you are, that at the core of who you are, it is really dark um, and that you need God's light to shine there. So, I mean, I really think that the bedrock of a good Lent, a good and holy Lent would be repentance. That you would um, you you would go as close as you can to facing the, the sins that you've actually committed and admitting that you can't. There's no there's no way that you can make up for them or get over them or deal with them. Um, and I think it it's it, it's a little it is a, I mean it's a good thing to try to fast. Jesus says to fast. And he doesn't say, you know, that's too small, don't bother with that. I mean, often it's the very small things that show us uh, how far from God we really are. But um, I think Islam has come into sort of mainline evangelicalism, mainstream evangelicalism, but worse, I guess, now also the secular world, which again, just completely astonishes me, that it, it, it's, you ha- if you don't know what it is, um, and you haven't taken trouble the trouble to read, say, the general confession in the Anglican prayer book <laughs> um, and considered what it is that you're confessing, what it is that's really wrong with you, and you have a sort of very light Christianity, then you're just going to use Lent as another option um, to make yourself into a better person. And that's not, that's ex- the opposite of right. the point of Lent. That's excellent. Okay, so then... The general confession in the Anglican prayer book. I mean, even in the 21st century, it feels as though most Christian traditions, we give a nod to confession, um, you know, especially uh, as, a, as a congregation on a Sunday. But we don't necessarily absorb confession, that examination of conscience and the idea to look at ourselves deeply and confess our horridness between God and in that confession make the adjustment. It is. I, I, I love the words in, our, in our, my denomination's confession. It says it has lines like, um, we, we have erred and strayed. We've gone away like lost sheep. 
um, it has a line, there is no health in us. Um, and it, it says another line that's really helpful for me, that you, that I cannot bear my sins. They're so heavy that I cannot bear them, which I, I, we say that every Sunday and I think every single Sunday, oh, I'm bearing this just fine. (laughs) Actually, this feels great, but it's helpful for me to say out loud with the rest of the church, no, actually I can't bear them. Mm -hmm. I, I do bear them, but um, ultimately they're going to destroy me. And so I better give them to Jesus and, um, and then to have a few moments of silence to really look at what it is that I've done, how I've offended God and my neighbor. Um, and I mean, one thing that I've started doing recently is praying the great litany in the in our prayer book every single morning and listing that it gives you the opportunity to list out all of the things that you can remember that you've done and then throw yourself on the mercy of Christ. Um, and that's what Lent is for, and that is then the joy of Easter, when you realize that God has taken them off of you, and you're okay, you're alive, he, he saved you. Hmm. And the approach of throwing yourself at the mercy of Christ, I believe more than anything I have read about Lent in the last four days, and I've read a lot of things about Lent, is the closest to the real gospel. I really think that. And I know that there are great traditions in the church um, of giving up or taking on, and I've done all sorts of things over the years, but I do think that getting at the real heart of it, which just is that we need to just say, Jesus, I am not what I should be. So wretched. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. I mean, it, it, we should do that all the time. This is what often, you know, people who have not liturgical traditions will say, well, we, are, we don't need Lent. We can do that all the time. Well, yeah, of course, we should do that all the time. But again, we're frail. We're sinners. And so given the chance to avoid doing that, we do avoid it. Um, and so it's really helpful when the whole church comes together and says, no, we're going to do this right now. We're going to really concentrate on this one thing, which is the heart of the gospel. We're going to throw ourselves on the mercy of Christ, and we're going to try in order that we might see that we will fail, and that how great is the mercy of God when we fail. Um, And then Easter is so joyful. So, I mean, oh my word, the person who is secular cannot have Lent, because you, you will just further send yourself away from God if you try to improve yourself without His help and His grace. I'm into that. And so um, in the process of these next uh, six weeks, what have you decided to do? What is your, what is your sacrifice? Well, I, I I did mention that I often buy myself flowers for Lent, which mm-hmm. is really... <laughs> 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 I'm probably going to do that again this year because I feel like God is definitely choosing me, giving That's me my Lent against my will. But um, I'm also going to try what I did, tried to do last year, which I failed to do, which was to take a day off every week. That's going to be my, I'm going to try to do that again, because I have not yet been able to, um, but every week I get get the chance to say to Jesus, I didn't do it. I'm so sorry. Okay, so wait, no, so, so you're taking a day off. People kind of go, well, what's the big deal? You're taking the day off. How many children do you have? I have six children, mm-hmm. and I'm homeschooling, so. Whatever. I mean, I, that can't be that much work, Anne. <laughs> 
I mean, I know. If I could just organize my time better, yes. I'm sure I'd be uh, doing a better job. Exactly. If you were just more organized and more perfect. No, no, no. So on that day that you rest, you need to sit by yourself in a room with your fresh flowers. That's right. And be enveloped yes, by the fragrance exactly. of it all. And, and rejoice in the Sabbath of God. Amen to that. Right. That's what I'm going to try to do. And Kennedy, you're a joy. We're so happy we know you. This is a really good piece. Find it at pathios.com. The uh, the blog is entitled Preventing Grace with Ann Kennedy. We have a major problem here in Pennsylvania, very much like other addictions plaguing our communities. The threat is unregulated gambling on illegal slot machines, camouflage test skill games. They're popping up everywhere at gas pumps, pizza parlors, and your local convenience store. State police describe these places as breeding grounds for loan sharking and money laundering. If you object to your community becoming a mini Las Vegas, make your voice heard. Call 1-888-472-4418. Report those places that are enticing our kids into gambling disguised as entertainment. It's an activity that siphons money away from the Pennsylvania Lottery, whose proceeds go to supporting seniors in our state. Please phone now. This is serious. That number again is 1-888-472-4418. Paid for by Pennsylvanians Against Illegal Gambling. Executive Board Member Peter Shelley. Hi, this is Joe Belanti with J&D Waterproofing at 1-800-BERRY-DRY. In honor of our 81 years serving the tri-state area, we are offering great savings for all our new and past customers. Call 1-800-BERRY-DRY. That's 1-800-BERRY-DRY to get your savings on basement waterproofing, bowing or cracking walls, and or footer stabilization projects. Or visit us at jdwaterproofing.com. J&D Waterproofing. Family owned and operated since 1939. 2020 is the year your business is going to thrive. Or will it? Resolve to use digital digital marketing to your advantage with the help from the pros at Salem Surround. We give you all the right tools to surround your target audience and turn website visitors into website leads. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your digital presence and learn how to get your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. surroundpittsburgh.com Connecting you with new customers. Dana Gresh presents the True Girl Pajama Party Tour, a live stage event for tween girls and their moms. Through live worship, deep Bible teaching, a fashion show, and more, it's the most fun you and your daughter will ever have digging into God's truth together. The True Girl Pajama Party Tour with Dana Gresh, coming March 6th to Cornerstone Ministries in Murraysville, 6.30 to 9 p.m. Tickets on sale now at mytruegirl.com. I get this warm feeling every single time we have special needs patients in our office. Their needs are not that different from anybody else. Spending the time with that patient is very rewarding to me. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. College, career path. These are major decisions high school students face. Help your child go from anxious and overwhelmed to confident and clear about the future with help from experienced career coach Emily Milius. Visit launchconsulting.io to learn more. So, news about the coronavirus as it continues to spread. Uh, 
In Major League Baseball, a Red Sox prospect arrived at Red Sox spring training in Florida from Taiwan. He was immediately quarantined in a hotel room amid fears that he himself has the coronavirus. The 20-year-old posted on Facebook that he feels well, spending his time watching information about the team, weight training, and reading. Come on. He's streaming stuff on Netflix. Mm. A Red Sox spokesperson told the Boston Globe the team is using an overabundance of caution when it comes to the coronavirus. So he doesn't have it. No. They're not quarantining him because he has it. It's just that we're going to make sure. Right. Now, we saw today that uh, CBS LA, there's a, a flight attendant from a Korean airline. Korean Air, she worked several flights out of L.A. She has been diagnosed with the coronavirus. She picked this up apparently from a church group from South Korea who flew to Israel. 30 members of that church group have been diagnosed with the coronavirus. I mean... With air travel the way it is internationally, we're not. it's never... I mean, it's going to be everywhere. Yeah. It just is. So, it's coming. And, I mean, not to be, you know, alarmist. No, don't to be... The, there's nothing you can do about it if it comes. You right. just have to be responsible in your area. Get your Clorox wipes. That's what I got a flu yesterday. shot. I got a flu shot. Okay, it's not a Corona shot. Doesn't matter. And I'm washing my hands regularly. Right now, as a matter of fact. Not right now. I don't think not right now. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker too. Plus iHeart, tune in, and on radio.com. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. President Trump will address the coronavirus threat with a news conference later today. The president's 6 p.m. Eastern News Conference will be at the White House with experts from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. The Trump administration can withhold millions of dollars in law enforcement grants to force states to cooperate with U.S. immigration enforcement. A federal appeals court in New York ruled today in a decision that conflicted with three other federal appeals courts. The ruling by the Second U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in Manhattan overturned a lower court's decision ordering the administration to release funding to New York City and seven states, New York, Connecticut, New Jersey, Washington, Massachusetts, Virginia, and Rhode Island. On Wall Street today, stocks finishing mixed. The Dow was off 123 points. The Nasdaq gained 15. The S&P was down 11. This is SRN News. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. Out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit windowsruspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows Are Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip down when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsruspittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. When the brake whistle blows, why waste time on a sandwich run when your crew could have a home-style meat and potatoes meal hot and waiting on site? The Cooked Goose Catering Company provides down-to-earth food for hungry crews of 10 or more. Try their bestseller, roast beef and stuffed chicken breast with mashed or roasted potatoes and green beans, just $10.95 a person. Visit cookedgoosecatering.com slash word and get back to work. 
the Cooked Goose Catering Company. Just good food. Hey, this is Laura Story. Are you ready to deepen your faith on a spectacular week-long Alaska cruise? After you prepare your heart with worship led by Michael O'Brien and myself, Alistair Begg will be sharing from God's Word, and together we will renew our vision, purpose, and connection with Christ. We'll let Scripture steer our hearts as we explore God's eternal truths together. Salem Media Group presents the Deeper Faith Alaska Cruise, August 30th through September 6, 2020. Get more details at wordfm.com slash Alaska. Elevate your leadership game at the L3 One Day Conference, a day to grow your leadership, your network, your future. 8 to 4, Friday, March 13th at the Marriott Pittsburgh North and Cranberry. Join L3 leadership founder Doug Smith, nationally known master communicator Jeff Henderson, and Pittsburgh business leaders Laura Ellsworth, Greg Weimer, and Bill Strickland, who will inspire and train you and your team to reach your maximum potential. The L3 One Day Conference, Friday, March 13th. Register while you can at L3OneDay.com. Founded in 1794, Pittsburgh Theological Seminary prepares students for ministry in the way of Jesus. Rooted in the Reformed tradition and in relationship with Christ followers from other traditions, Pittsburgh Theological Seminary forms and equips people for ministries familiar and yet to unfold, communities present and yet to be gathered. The seminary offers Master of Divinity, Master of Arts, and Doctor of Ministry degrees, plus certificates. Financial assistance is available for full and half-time students who qualify. Learn more at pts.edu. Tonight, considerable cloudiness, increasingly windy and turning colder. A little rain followed by a snow shower late, low 26. Tomorrow, winds gusting past 40 miles per hour. Cloudy and colder with snow showers, high 29. Tomorrow night, breezy early, otherwise cloudy and cold, low 20. Friday, mostly cloudy, breezy and cold with flurries, high 33. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Brian May. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. You know, every occupation has machinery that goes with it. Yes. So, if you work in a cubicle, when you come in in the morning and you sit down at your computer, your fingers just automatically resume the position ASDF, right ASDF, right. right if you or if you're a musician and you sit down at your instrument your fingers just automatically you know they're like at home in a spot or if you're in construction it's the way it is with your tools or right, right. you know whatever it is well in in radio the thing that becomes like an appendage it's part of your body yeah. is your headset <laughs> because you're always putting them on putting on taking it off or whatever and John has assumed a, a whole new bit of machinery today. Now, we're, we're streaming live on Facebook, The Ride Home with John and Kathy and 101.5 well. Word FM on Facebook. So find us that you can watch this happening. John has a brand new headset. He's got in-ear monitors now because I told him how great they are. He cannot. He cannot figure out. It's not working well here. They have to go, remember, over the back of your ear first. Right. 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 And then come around. Right. Okay. Yeah. No, then they fall out. Yeah, that's because they're not in the back of your ear. Any. So imagine if you came into your place of work and you had like a whole new keyboard or yeah. your desk was at a different height uh-huh. or you had like the wrong chair or whatever. This is John at this exact moment with his headset. I can't what do you it. have going on <laughs> is completely. <laughs> 
doesn't it's work. completely wrong. It doesn't work. Oh, well. gosh. Good. Anyway. Look, we're doing ear cam. <laughs> It's John Holly or Kim. That's not it's no, gonna it's fall good. out of here. It's just like kinda it. hanging in there. Yeah, okay. So anyway, last night <laughs> was the us. Democratic debate like the sixtieth oh, yeah. one. Did you tune in? Yeah, because okay. I felt guilty. Good. Not because I wanted to. I watched to. the whole thing. I did. I watched the whole thing. I had to. I'm interested in the process. Boy, is it chaotic. All of a sudden, John is like, you know, Mr. America. And I don't mean the weightlifter. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. America. <laughs> I mean, he's like, you know, Civics 101. Okay, well, so you watched the whole thing. I did. Was this, and since this is the first one I've watched, oh, was yeah. this any different than any of the others? No. It is a complete and total train wreck. Okay, so it's. I thought it was unbearable. It is. Mike, do you have any audio about all these people being nice to one another? And when I was mayor of New York, we had our tax returns out 12 years in a row, no. and we will do that in the White House. Actually, you can find, uh, this is actually, my tax returns online right actually, now. Can, can I have a question asked? That's basically it. Extrapolate that over 90 minutes. <laughs> right, right. Someone, so the weird thing is, it's like a super Jeopardy set. You know, there's like six podiums. Were there six candidates or seven? I'm not sure. But they're all standing in front of a podium like they're on Jeopardy. Yeah. And then the moderators, last night it was CBS's turn. They called it the A-Team. Well, that was the A-Team. Forget about it. Um, Gail King, some other woman, and then two guys. Yeah. Uh, It was not good. They could not control the melee because it was. It was just chaos. So they ask a question to a particular candidate. Then that candidate apparently had a minute and 10 seconds to respond. Which seemed like an eternity to me, but okay. Because, of course, they went over the clock. And then while that first person is speaking, the assigned person, the other candidates are standing next to them, holding up their hand like they have to go to the men's room. I howled. I Since I had not seen any of the other ones, the fact that they stand there with their hands up, mm-hmm. like they're looking for a hall pass, right. is... Is such a silly visual. It's very crazy. Why do they do that? There has to be a better way. Can't they know. use a buzzer or something? something. It looks just wrong. And it, looks, I, it looks childish. To his credit, Joe Biden was the most well-behaved of all the candidates. He was. He was. He was very mm-hmm. gentlemanly. He even stuck up for Bernie at one point. Right. Everybody else was chaos. Now, the most striking... I mean, so many weird things happened during these things. It's just a free-for-all. The most striking exchange happened last night, for me, from my perspective, from Elizabeth Warren trying to attack the former Um, mayor of New York City, Mike Bloomberg. Michael Bloomberg. Bloomberg. You want to give us a clip of that, Mike? You don't have that? Nope. We're having some technical difficulties. Okay, we'll pull it up in a minute. Okay, before we get to that, can I just go down another little rabbit trail here? Okay, yeah. Who helps the people decide what to wear? Well, I'm sure that you have, you know, consultants for that. You've okay, got consultants we need for to everything. scrap the consultants and we need to rehire. Really, it is not. A, it is not a good visual. Oh, it didn't bother me. Yeah. Okay. Elizabeth Warren looks like the fifth grade teacher that you didn't like. But that's the styles. Obviously, everything is very intentional. So that's what you're going for. Is that what she's going I for? Believe that, so. I don't think that's what she should be going no, no. for. I think that's a mistake. I think it's kind of like plain Jane. We are one of okay. the people. I think that's a mistake. The second thing, just the second thing, is that Amy Klobuchar is dressed exactly like Hillary Clinton, mm-hmm. exactly like Hillary Clinton, with the with the identical color of the shirt or the sweater with the with the blazer. That's a really bad idea. You do not want to be causing people to think about Hillary Clinton when they're looking at you. I didn't think since about that. Since she lost. See, now you thought, maybe maybe because maybe you're it's a girl thing. as a woman. Yeah, you're maybe it's a girl at- thing. I actually thought Biden looked terrific. Oh, yeah. I thought And I thought Bloomberg looked great. 
because they were wearing, you know, professional yeah, they, suit yeah. and tie. Mm-hmm. But everybody else? Mm. I thought Tom Steyer was okay. I thought Bernie just looked crazy. Bernie looks like Bernie. He's just crazy. Right? I mean, okay, so like, so we have an exchange here between Elizabeth Warren as she went on an attack, shockingly so, about a, a right to life issue. Here it is. Mr. Vice President, I was mentioned in this. No. I'd, like, I'd like to respond. Well, Go ahead, a, Senator. He called me out by name. Yes. A, okay. and, and referred to what I talk about as a sideshow. You know, this is personal for me. When I was 21 years old, I got my first job as a special education teacher. I loved that job. And by the end of the first year, I was visibly pregnant. The principal wished me luck and gave my job to someone else. Pregnancy discrimination, you bet. But I was 21 years old. I didn't have a union to protect me. and I didn't have any federal law on my side. So I packed up my stuff and I went home. At least I didn't have a boss who said to me, kill it. The way that I Mayor Bloomberg never said that have said to one of oh, his on. pregnant employees. OK. All right. So the backstory is that there has been uh, an allegation that when people, women who have worked for Michael Bloomberg and have become pregnant, he has responded badly to that. Yes. Okay. Now, one woman insists that when she told him she was pregnant, Michael Bloomberg said, kill it. Now, last night, he said, of course, that was absurd. He never said that. But the weirder, wider point. This is it is why is Elizabeth Warren all of a sudden shocked, appalled at the idea that someone would talk to a pregnant woman about killing her unborn child? Everybody up there is advocating for abortion up until the day a baby's born. That's exactly it. Up until the baby the day is born, most of those people on that dais, on the dais last night were go, would shake their head and go, the weird thing is, in all these debates, abortion has never come up. It has not. Really? So many things never come up. They didn't talk about immigration last night. I mean, key things that have driven this country forward in the last several years, it just goes right by the wayside. So it's really shocking that the party, and this is no exaggeration, I believe the party of death was outraged last night. How dare you when you were going to say someone to kill your baby when, you know, at the, in 2016 when they met for the Democratic National Convention, holy smokes, it was like abortion parade. Right. They couldn't do anything. Shout, shout your abortion. Yeah, exactly. So, so what now is, we're all outraged. Right. So, but it, but apparently that's not what she meant. Look, the foundational idea, the, the 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 structural thing that bothers all of us is that it's a life and you're choosing to kill it. Right. That's what it is. That's why the abortion issue is what it is. So the fact that those words came out of her mouth is really shocking. And that she would not sense some sort of like discordant thinking in herself. I don't I think they're way beyond that. The thinking is so was, backwards, so I twisted. Could not be, I just couldn't that they don't see it. the irony in this. And of course it was an a deeply ironic moment if you were following along and you were a pro-life person. Right. So maybe in Elizabeth Warren's mind in in Elizabeth Warren's mind, if she's the woman and she decides to kill her baby, it's okay, but if her employer tells her to do it, then it's bad. Exactly. All I'm saying I can score political points. is that both things are pretty bad. Without a doubt. We're going to take a break, come back, uh, stick around. Hey, listen, we're streaming right now on Facebook, 101.5 Word FM on Facebook, The Ride Home with John and Kathy on Facebook as well. You can check us out, so please do see what we look like in a few minutes. <laughs> we look like that's a draw. It's us. We're going to talk about the epidemic of loneliness next. 
101.5 WORD. Playing Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekends with the best new music. New music. New music from Courtney Ramirez. Perfectly loved. I'm perfectly made. Love by We Are Messenger. And Keep Me in the Moment by Jeremy Camp. The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. Sponsored by Trinity Jewelers. 101.5 WORD on the weekend. Impact Mortgage Corp. DBA Cash Call Mortgage. NMLS ID 128231. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in all states including New York. Offer not available in Washington. Call 855-657-9910 for licensing terms and restrictions. You see it on TV every day. Global turmoil. But these international events help keep interest rates low and may even drive them lower. In response, we at Cash Call Mortgage have lowered our interest rates for the new year and that's great news for homeowners if you have a current rate above 2.99 percent call us to see how much you can save if you qualify we'll even pay your closing costs and we can close your refi in as fast as 20 days with no upfront deposit with our low interest rates and no closing costs if you qualify there's never been a better time to lock in a low rate before it's gone for a free quote go to cashcallmortgage.com or call 800-990-6947 That's 800-990-6947. 800-990-6947. At Quicken Loans, our 17,000 team members know that home is so much more than a house. That's because our clients tell us all the time. Hey, this is Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, and we want to help you save money on your mortgage with some of the lowest refinancing rates ever. Rates are historically low. You may be able to reduce your rate and save money on your monthly mortgage payment right now. Pay off some credit card debt or put some money towards that new bathroom or kitchen you've always wanted. The rate today on our 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 3.99%, APR 4.23%. That's right, 3.99%. While we can't predict what will happen in the future, we do know that rates have dropped, and now is the time to save money on your mortgage. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com to learn how refinancing now may be the right mortgage solution for you. That's 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rates subject to change. Pay 2% fee to receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Hi, this is Joe Belanti with J&D Waterproofing at 1-800-BERRY-DRY. In honor of our 81 years serving the tri-state area, we are offering great savings for all our new and past customers. Call 1-800-BERRY-DRY. That's 1-800-BERRY-DRY to get your savings on basement waterproofing, bowing or cracking walls and or footer stabilization projects or visit us at jdwaterproofing.com jnd waterproofing family owned and operated since 1939 we live in the most technologically connected age in the history of civilization yet the irony is the rates of loneliness have doubled, self-reporting, since the 1980s. We're in the midst of a loneliness epidemic. So how do people in the most technologically connected age in history do? What, what do they do about that loneliness? Well, they create an app, of course, to combat loneliness. Mm. Specifically, an app is called Ikeria, I-K-A-R-I-A, which is being pitched as a, quote, anti-loneliness app. Its developers claim that it promotes vulnerability, presence, and self-disclosure. How this app is supposed to do all that, it is not clear. 
Um, apparently, it's just really another app, though, because you, you can't solve a problem rooted in addiction to glowing rectangles by sending people back to looking at those same glowing right, rectangles. Dr. Kurt Thompson is with us. Kurt's a regular guest on our show. Dr. Kurt is a, he's a psychiatrist in private practice in Falls Church, Virginia, and here to talk to us about that loneliness epidemic. Dr. Thompson, welcome back. How are you? Thanks much, John. Kathy, it's great to be with you. So I'm guessing, Kurt, you agree with John that the app is not going to help. I do agree that the app in and of itself is not going to help. However, I think that, uh, you know, there are, there are on, on occasion, there are these um, moments that arise in our history in which uh, our brains really do get our attention. Uh, it was about three years ago that the British government, as you may be aware, formed uh, an office and then uh, called it the Ministry of Loneliness. There is a Minister of Loneliness in the British, essentially the, the equivalent of the British cabinet. And uh, one wonders, gosh, why, how is it, to your point about our being so technologically connected that we continue to drift further and further apart, and I think that, um, you know, on occasion, the brain will still try to signal to us that there's a problem. So it has done this by the British now having a minister of loneliness. And somebody has developed an app that is intended to get our attention. Uh, the difficulty is that until and or unless we're actually willing to do the necessary and hard work that we read about, for instance, in the biblical narrative, that ideally we would be experiencing in the setting of the church. Uh, those certainly aren't the only places. We see it happen in AA groups, in other recovery groups. We see it happen in, in other groups where people are intentional about their vulnerability. Until and or unless we're willing to do that kind of hard work, it's really going to be difficult for us to overcome this. And the more we uh, develop technology that enables us to live more conveniently, uh, you know, attempting to do multiple things at one time, which, of course, we as human beings aren't able to do, um, it will continue to be difficult. And so as much as this app does get our attention about loneliness, uh, you're absolutely right, John, until and or unless I'm willing to actually put the app with its phone down and enter into the acts of vulnerability that I need, my loneliness is only going to increase. Mm -hmm. So then, Kurt, what does the vulnerability engage us with? I mean, if we would submit ourselves to be vulnerable, would it drive us to community where mm -hmm. other people themselves are sur surrendering to their own vulnerability? Well, you know, it, it's a good question. And I, and I think that, you know, one of the things that's, that's interesting about uh, on, on our segment here, we, we talk about neuroscience, we talk about the brain, we talk about how we're discovering things in neuroscience that uh, teach us things that we would say uh, isn't necessarily new information. For instance, the whole idea that human beings are better off if we are more relationally connected, that we are better off if we are more vulnerable. This is information that we've known for 4,000 years. This right. is not We know new. that, right. And the challenge is that uh, science can give us information, 
And science can say, look, if you're more vulnerable, if you practice gratitude, if you get better sleep, if you exercise, if you do these things, your life will be better. And that is all true. But what science is really telling us, science is just telling us about the mechanics. Science tells us how things work. It tells us how the machine operates. It does not tell us why was the machine built in the first place. Mm -hmm. Science does not create for us the story in which we live that would compel me to be vulnerable. If I don't have a bigger story around which I can be convinced that vulnerability can be helpful for me, apart from I just want to feel better, it's going to be really difficult for me to just be vulnerable for the sake of being vulnerable, unless I know that there are things outside of me that are bigger, and for some people this can include a bigger community, who are committed to my long-term welfare, apart from my being committed to my long-term welfare all by myself. Okay, so, 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 Kurt, you're saying that no one is going to be vulnerable until they feel safe. So telling people that they need to get out of their you know, corner and Shell. stop looking at their phone isn't going to help if there's not some degree of caring community around them. That's right. We all need some degree of safety with which we can begin this process. And so if I'm isolated and in my isolation I feel lonely – just telling me to be vulnerable doesn't necessarily make it any easier for me or likely that I'm going to be vulnerable. This is why, and, and this is we've talked before about how shame tends to operate. Shame operates in this state of loneliness in which I feel lonely, but some of that loneliness then translates into, well, I feel lonely because I'm not really worth knowing by anyone, which means, well, why would I go and talk to someone or be with someone and so forth and so on. And so, one, one of the things then that we then have to be aware of is asking people questions, being curious with people about what the nature of their underlying story actually is. What is the nature of the story that you believe that you're living in? Because if I believe I'm living in a story in which at the end of my life, I'm just going to die and that's all there is to it, it's going to be hard pressed for me to be convinced to be vulnerable with you because this story isn't going anywhere at the end of the day anyway. Mm -hmm. And so if I have a bigger story that I can connect myself to, that makes it more likely for me to want to be vulnerable with people who are partnering with me in that same way. Wow. So you're linking vulnerability and the, the first initial steps of getting out of the loneliness trap with some kind of eternal understanding, some kind of connection with the whole story of God. Greater than ourselves. Exactly. And I, I would say this. I mean, you know, there are some, you know, as we say uh, in, in our business, um, there are lots of churches where, you know, people come to worship on Sunday morning, but it's Monday night where real church happens in the basement, and this is where the recovery groups are working. This is where AA shows up and NA shows up, because those are places where people have really come to the end of their rope, and they are now committed to a community— who, when they show up, they know that that community is looking forward to them being there. Now, for, for many people, that may not mean that if I'm in AA, it may not mean that I'm thinking about eternity from a biblical standpoint, but I will tell you that being in that group will get me a lot closer to thinking about what the Bible talks about 
than simply my trying to be vulnerable just because some scientific data has told me that that's what it's important for me to do. And so you're absolutely right that ultimately, like I, I would say as a Christian, the world has been made in such a way that anytime, as Jesus said, anytime two or three are gathered in my name, I'm going to show up. And in my name means in the way that I show up. And how does Jesus show up? Jesus shows up on Good Friday. Jesus shows up beaten, naked, crucified. Jesus shows up vulnerably. When we show up like Jesus shows up, Jesus moves in ways that we can't even imagine, and he will move in ways even when people aren't necessarily acknowledging that he's in the room. And this is why brain science is helpful for us, because it tells us this is how God has made us. As we know how the mechanics work, we can enter into God's story, even if we have to enter in through a door that isn't necessarily the front door of the church, but maybe through the side door that enters into the basement of the church. Anytime any of our listeners are in a place where they are feeling like they're at the end of their rope, my encouragement is going to be, is there one person? Is there, are there two people that you can trust, that you can even say, look, here's who I am, and I'm as lonely as heck. I really am having a hard time getting from one point in my day to the next point in my day. If those are people who you can trust, my hope is that they would be able to hear that and say, tell me more. Tell me what that's like. They wouldn't just give me a solution and say, hey, you should go look at that app. They will instead be vulnerable themselves. And it is in our shared vulnerability. It is in our shared space of acknowledging my weakness, my brokenness, my longings, the longings that haven't yet been realized, that I find myself being much more deeply connected to you. And in that connection, my loneliness evaporates as a byproduct of connection, not just because I'm primarily trying to get rid of my loneliness. Dr. Kurt Thompson's with us, psychiatrist in private practice, Falls Church, Virginia. He is the author of Soul of Shame, Retelling the Stories We Believe About Ourselves. Thank you, Kurt. Always a pleasure. That's excellent. Always eye-opening, Indeed. isn't it? Thanks yeah. so much. Thanks. Our great pleasure. Take a break. Come back. we got lots more ahead. Stick around. It's The Ride Home with John and Kathy here on Word FM. seem so relaxed well it comes down to sleep and we can sleep like a koala full of gum leaves so we've invented a solution to your sleep problems it's called pronto sleep pronto sleep is a two-in-one solution that helps you fall asleep and stay asleep pronto gently opens your nose to focus breathing so you can relax and fall into the land of nod and the built-in scent diffuser delivers a blend of four pure essential oils all night long for a beaut sleep naturally Then Pronto replenishes the oils ready for the next night. Clever, eh? And does it work? Well, in trials, 84% of people with trouble sleeping found Pronto helped them fall asleep. 74% found it helped them stay asleep. You'll find Pronto now at select Walgreens, Amazon or at prontosleep.com. Pronto Sleep is the gift of sleep from Australia. From RhinoMed, bringing you advanced nasal therapies. 
We have a major problem here in Pennsylvania, very much like other addictions plaguing our communities. The threat is unregulated gambling on illegal slot machines, camouflaged as skill games. They're popping up everywhere at gas pumps, pizza parlors, and your local convenience store. State police describe these places as breeding grounds for loan sharking and money laundering. If you object to your community becoming a mini Las Vegas, make your voice heard. Call 1-888-472-4418. Report those places that are enticing our kids into gambling, disguised as entertainment. It's an activity that siphons money away from the Pennsylvania Lottery, whose proceeds go to supporting seniors in our state. Please phone now. This is serious. That number again is 1-888-472-4418. Paid for by Pennsylvanians Against Illegal Gambling. Executive Board Member Peter Shelley. America is a great big country. Filled with all kinds of different people. And we all count. That's why the 2020 Census wants to make sure we're all counted. Why is it so important? Because the census helps inform how hundreds of billions of dollars will be spent each year for things like new roads, health clinics, even more school programs. So make sure you're counted. Because you count. Shape your future. Start here. Learn more at 2020census.gov. Paid for by U.S. Census Bureau. Choosing your child's school is a big decision. You want more than a great education. You need an education partner with high academic standards who respects your values, offers a safe place to learn, and where your child is known individually. For 35 years, Eden Christian Academy has provided ACSI-accredited college preparatory academics and a strong spiritual foundation of character and faith for students in preschool through 12th grade. Schedule a personal tour during admissions week, March 9th through 13th. Learn more at EdenChristianAcademy.com. We are everywhere on your radio at 101.5 WORD-FM, Pittsburgh, at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at radio.com. Today, considerable cloudiness, increasingly windy and turning colder, a little rain followed by a snow shower late, low 26. Tomorrow, winds gusting past 40 miles per hour, cloudy and colder with snow showers, High 29. Tomorrow night, breezy early, otherwise cloudy and cold, low 20. Friday, mostly cloudy, breezy and cold with flurries, high 33. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Brian May. Word FM, once again, the official radio sponsor of the Projecting Hope Film Festival, which is coming up March 13th through the 15th. It's three days of great movies at Pittsburgh Mills Cinemark 18 Theater. The best releases of the past year, like Overcomer, Breakthrough, Little Women, and a movie we both loved, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Nice. So good. When is it? Uh, it's coming up March 13th through 15th. All the movies are free. Oh, that's excellent. I'm not sure if you heard me when I said that free. all the movies are free. But they are all free. So for tickets in the complete lineup, go to wordfm.com forward slash projecting hope. Go see Little Women. Go see that. I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, it's really worth it. Okay. Okay. uh, Speaking of the screen, how about the small screen? Uh, ABC's The Bachelor. The Bachelor. Mm -hmm. The Bachelor. Never seen The Bachelor. You haven't? Never. Not a single time. Do you watch The Bachelor? Never seen it. Okay. You got a little clip? That sounds very exciting. I am so emotionally drained right now. It just makes me feel uncomfortable. I want to be here so bad. I want to feel chosen. It's unfair, and I don't like it. Maybe I I didn't go about this week the right way. I don't know. And then. 
That sounds very dramatic. Okay, now I, I've never seen the Bachelor, no. but I do know about the Rose. Right? The, I don't know the Rose. I think uh, they pass a Rose around. Right? That somebody, uh, wh- whoever is selected, they the, the Bachelor hands the Bachelorette, if that's even a thing, the red rose is a sign of, okay, we're, we're we're the couple. What if you're not chosen? What do you get? I don't know. Carnation. Uh, d- Dandelion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Okay. So here's the deal. Uh, ABC has been criticized in the past for skewing The Bachelor to a very young audience. Right. I mean, mostly 20-somethings. Well, considering- Because they're dating. Right. And everybody's beautiful. Right. So now, apparently, ABC is opening up The Bachelor for those who are 65 and no older. Way. That's right. Come on. Uh, ABC what, so says- going to be like, what, sen- senior citizen bachelor? Exactly. Uh, ABC said yesterday they are now casting seniors looking for love. That's awesome. Are you entering your golden years and looking for romance? The producers of The Bachelor are looking for active and outgoing single men and women. (laughs) As opposed to sedentary (laughs) single people. (laughs) They're looking for active and outgoing single men and women in their golden years. In their golden years is in capital letters. They yell that out. For a new exciting date show. Hashtag Bachelor Nation. Give us your grumpiest mm-hmm. old men. Give us your goldenest girls. The Bachelor, to Stop be clear, it. 65 Is this a real plus. thing? It is a, it's a real thing. So it's going to happen. ABC is doing this. Mm-hmm. Okay, Mike, will you watch? Now, do you watch The Bachelor, Mike? No, I don't watch it. You don't? However, my sister has bachelorette parties. Stop it. What's she, that? She has, like, she has all her parties. girlfriends come over. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's a viewing party. Mm-hmm. And they're hooked. Will they have viewing parties for the Bachelorette sixty or the Bachelor sixty five plus? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. You, you think, think they will? They're they're pretty big fans. Okay. I mean, I love this idea. Give us your grumpiest old men. Can you imagine? <laughs> no, I can't imagine some guy on his couch and no. on his re- or in his recliner. Where's the remote? What's going on? Huh? You know what we need. Yinzer Bachelor. That's he could be sixty five plus oh, yeah. or thirty five plus. Mm-hmm. I don't really think it matters. I right. think that there's going to be Iron City involved. Yeah, you mean- I think there's going to be like a, uh, for lack of a better word, am I allowed to say wife beater t shirt? Oh sure. I think I'm not advocating wife beating in no, case no, anyone's thinking that style. I'm talking about that. You know what I mean? He should be wearing that. Uh, I think that he should be unshaven, mm-hmm. and his hair should be too long. Mm-hmm. And, a mullet. Right. And I think he should say Claudie. <laughs> so it could be the Pittsburgh dad version in some way, right? But even more so. I feel like it should be a more sedentary, introverted version <laughs> yeah. of Pittsburgh dad. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he should be irritated. He's clearly eaten a lot mm-hmm. of pierogi in life mm-hmm. and a lot of fermani sandwiches. What that sounds like is someone's 40th high school reunion. And he's he's looking for for like Darlene from Charleroi or something. Hey, Dar. Yeah. How you doing? I think that'd be really good. I think it has potential. <laughs> we need to come up with a better song, though. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so the bachelor... Get, oh, how painful must it be... I could never. ...to be dating... I could never, ever watch that. I want everyone to know that I would lose... That would be worse than me watching the Democratic debate last well, night. I Watching that debate... I had like a pillow in front of my mm-hmm. head because it's so cringe-inducing. Yes, it I is. can't stand it. Yeah, it's yeah. so embarrassing. If I was watching The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, that's painful. I lose my mind. All right, coming anyway. up, coming up next. Oh, good friend Jack Levison back. We haven't talked to him in a long time. We love Jack. We're going to talk about a boundless God, the Spirit. According to the, what was the Spirit doing in the Old Testament? Just hanging out.
101.5 WORD. It's been said that the true measure of a man is how he treats someone who can do absolutely nothing for him. Our study of James this week on Through the Bible teaches us how we're to treat people in the different parts of society. I'm Steve Schwetz, inviting you to board the Bible bus as our teacher, Dr. J. Vernon McGee, takes us through what he calls God's war on poverty and his war on riches. Through the Bible, this evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. Do you remember what was kept in a spring house? If you're an old timer, you know that a spring house was used for storing fresh cold milk. In 84 Pennsylvania, we have another kind of spring house. Our spring house is an old-fashioned country store filled with all kinds of old-time gifts, great country foods, and you guessed it, fresh cold milk. You see, the spring house in 84 is also a dairy farm where we milk our own cows, pasteurize and homogenize the milk, and sell it all through the store. We've had people tell us it has to be some special kind of gourmet milk. We don't add anything to the cow's diet or to the milk. It's just nature's purest, most perfect food, and we love the way our customers love it. We also make a chocolate milk you would think is a chocolate shake, an old-fashioned buttermilk that people drive miles to get, and a 40% heavy cream that's wonderful for luscious desserts. Our 2% and our skim are the greatest sellers. Come and try some Springhouse milk at the Springhouse in 84. Hi, I'm Alistair Begg, and I'd like to personally invite you to join me August 30th to September 6th, 2020, for a week of Christian fellowship and a newfound appreciation for God's creation. Call 855-565-5519 to join us or visit deeperfaithcruise.com for all the details. Salem Media Group presents the Deeper Faith Alaska Cruise, August 30th through September 6, 2020. Get more details at wordfm.com slash Alaska. Does your church have a 2020 vision for missions? PRISM, the Pittsburgh Region International Student Ministries, presents the 2020 Vision Conference, Saturday, March 7th at the Lamont, a day to equip your church to reach the nations through local and world evangelism. Ravi Zacharias Ministries' Lou Phillips and an esteemed panel of guests discuss the unique challenges of sharing the gospel in our changing times. Buffet lunch included. Reserve now at pghcommission.org. Dana Gresh presents the True Girl Pajama Party Tour, a live stage event for tween girls and their moms. Through live worship, deep Bible teaching, a fashion show, and more, it's the most fun you and your daughter will ever have digging into God's truth together. The True Girl Pajama Party Tour with Dana Gresh, coming March 6th the Cornerstone Ministries in Murraysville, 6.30 to 9 p.m. Tickets on sale now at mytruegirl.com. I am, I am, I am a true girl. Streaming live on Facebook, 101.5 Word FM on Facebook, or the Ride Home with John and Kathy on Facebook. You can check us out. We've got cameras set up and lights, and it's a little bit of a Hollywood on the Mon, in a way. I don't think it's anywhere close to Hollywood, no? and we're not really that close to the Mon. <laughs> but I appreciate where you were going with that. that. That came out sounding unnaturally critical. No, no you, you yeah, towards me. Yeah, yeah I apologize for appreciate that, John. Yeah. I'm just trying to say, tune in and just check us out. That's all. If you ever wanted to know what we looked like, you know, the reality is here. It's not like we can hide any longer. No, not, no. Both of us being introverted as we are. We're not Hollywood. No, I we're not Hollywood. That. But we're happy to have you. And if you're watching on uh, Facebook now, send us a comment. It's so funny to hear from We're hearing from guests. We're hearing from people watching. Weird. It's just really funny. So find us there. Two, two pages on Facebook. The Ride Home with John and Kathy and 101.5 mm-hmm. Word Pittsburgh. Jack Levison is 
with us. Uh, Jack's been a, a guest on our show multiple times over the years. He's got a brand new workout about the Holy Spirit called A Boundless God, the Spirit According to the Old Testament. Jack, welcome back. Hey, thank you. Good to hear, good to hear from you, Yeah, Jack. Jack, we haven't talked to you in a long time. Hi, Kathy. Yeah, happy to have you back with us. All right, and this is a fascinating question because we know that the Spirit was there at creation, um, yep. and then we know that the Spirit was given at Pentecost. Um, it came upon the believers in the second chapter of Acts. Uh, but what about the rest of the Old Testament? I mean, what, what is the Spirit just hanging out? What, what's he doing? <laughs> I think the Spirit's pretty active in the rest of the Old Testament. So, you know, I start this book with, uh, actually, the first time I talked about this topic was in Pittsburgh at Duquesne University. And I used a whole skyline of Pittsburgh buildings to show how the word, the Hebrew word ruach, which gets translated spirit, is the tallest building in Pittsburgh. I can't remember now what it was. Well, the um, The USX Tower. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure which it was now, but we had all the different buildings. And frankly, the word spirit occurs about 389 times, a whole lot more than all the other words. So the spirit is actually very active throughout the Old Testament. All right. So, so. T- tell us what it I mean, in a different essence, though, Jack, right? Because otherwise Pentecost wouldn't have been a thing if there was no difference. Well, um no, I think actually they're pretty much similar. Okay, you ready to go? We'll talk about that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I think the filling with the Spirit at Pentecost, they were waiting to be filled to the full at Pentecost with the Spirit so that they could go out in mission. But Jesus was very clear this was the power from on high that would come, and they understood that this was the Spirit that was also active even before Jesus was born in Elizabeth and Mary. Mm-hmm and Zechariah. So I don't think they would have, I know it's hard for Christians, but I don't think they would have made that distinction. They would have said, oh, the Spirit of Israel is now with us to go out and tell the good news of Jesus raised from the dead. Well, that's interesting, though, Jack, because I think a lot of believers would think that Pentecost essentially was, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful here, you know, essentially the coming out party for the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I I think many Christians would say that. It was the birth of the Church, it was the beginning of the Holy Spirit, but I think for that it was a fulfillment of expectation. I mean, you you, you know, Acts is written by Luke, and if you look at the first two chapters of Luke, the Spirit is more active in those first two chapters Mm -hmm. before Jesus is an adult than it is for the rest of Luke. And then, the beginning of Acts, you have a similar kind of coming of the Spirit in very powerful ways that works itself out. So I know Christians want to say, we had the Spirit for the first time at Pentecost, but really I think what the early followers of Jesus believed was that they received the Spirit of Israel, the Spirit had been, that had been active in building the tabernacle, in coming on all flesh. I mean, when Peter—okay, here it is—when Peter describes what's happening, right? He doesn't say, there's something new going on. He says, this is what Joel talks mm, about, right, that yes. my spirit mm-hmm. is poured out on all flesh. Sure. So, so yeah, I, I'll stop there. But I do think it's a continuation of Israel's story, not the ending of Israel's story at the beginning of the churches. I see. So, Jack, when you first joined us, you said the spirit mentioned in the Old Testament several hundred times. Yeah. Well, you know, the Hebrew word is, oh, these poor people driving home. Hebrew word is ruach, which you kind of clear your throat. Ruach, 
It occurs 378 times in the Hebrew. It occurs 11 times in the Aramaic sections of the Book of Daniel. But, okay, done with that. Sometimes it just means wind, and sometimes it may just mean breath. But normally it means spirit breath or spirit wind. Mm -hmm. So a, a ruach of the Lord in the book of Numbers brings quail from the sea. That sounds like a wind, but we know as believers that God doesn't just bring wind. God brings God's wind, God's breath. I mean, one of the things the Old Testament does, which is so powerful to me, is we can't sort of individualize and spiritualize and personalize the Spirit. The Spirit begins hovering over the abyss. It's poured out on people. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a wind-breath power, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. That, right, that, right. That, and we recognize yeah. that the wind-breath power... We can imagine if we remember the Holy Spirit leading the children of Israel, you know, a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire at night. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, do you want me to disagree? No, I don't. No, 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 no. I'm just saying that what you're saying makes sense. Those three words make sense when you think about it in several different like Old Testament scenarios. In fact, I, I, I wrote another book that came out about five months ago. It's really a very an academic book, lots of Hebrew and Greek in it and everything. But I looked at the book of Haggai in the Old Testament, a not very read book, and Isaiah 63. And in both those passages, it refers to the Spirit as the, as the pillar of the Exodus and as um, the angel of the Exodus. So, Kathy, you're spot on. When they begin to talk about the Spirit about 500 years before Jesus, they're using the language of the Exodus, of the pillar and the angel that led them. And now they're saying, it's the, in fact, in Isaiah 63, it's the Holy Spirit in our midst. Jack Levison is with us. We love Jack. He holds the WJA Power Chair of Biblical Hebrew and Old Testament Interpretation at Perkins School of Theology at Southern Methodist University. We're talking about the new book. It's called A Boundless God, The Spirit According to the Old Testament. Okay, so Jack, this is important to know why, because often we think about God the Father, Jesus the Son. I often think that we give short shrift to the Spirit, but now you frame the Holy Spirit in an Old Testament perspective. I think, it, for me, it changes things. It does, doesn't it? You know, you can't just sequester the Holy Spirit into this sort of spiritual realm somewhere out there, which we don't really understand. You can't do that in the Old Testament. I mean, it's there at creation. It's there in Joseph. It's there in the skilled artisans, both men and women, who build the tabernacle in the wilderness. It's there, in, it, it's there all the time. For some reason, I think, Kathy, I think you brought this up right away, or maybe it was John. Because we think that the Spirit came at Pentecost, somehow we try not to look at, at these almost 400 references in the Old Testament, because that scares us a little bit. That means God is active outside this little framework we've created for ourselves. Now that Pentecost is here, we have the Spirit. It's a little frightening to think mm-hmm. of the Spirit just poured out, and, you know, I use verbs, My all these chapters are verbs, blowing and rushing and passing and pouring. It's a little intimidating. Sure. 
because of its omnipresence. And of course, we know that that's a word that's associated with God anyway, but it's not, it's, it is an overwhelming idea and concept. And I think our tendency with God, all three persons of the Godhead is to make them more manageable. Um, I think you're right. You know, it's like the old, it's the old question from Narnia, you know, is he a safe lion? Mm-hmm. Well, of course, of course yeah. he's not safe. I, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Hey, Jack, just as a sidebar, you know, we had a conversation yesterday about prayer. And I'm wondering, you know, uh, oftentimes, again, we pray to the Father and to the Son, but very few of us pray to the Holy Spirit. What do you think? Well, Kathy, don't you carry around that little yes. yellow book? I was just going to say, uh, it's Kathy, still in, it's still in my car, that. Jack. I've carried that book around, I, I don't know, for four years or something. Yeah, it's been about four years. I wrote, I wrote a book of prayers to the Holy Spirit, which was actually some of the most, in, the most meaningful writing I've ever done. Because mm-hmm. I, 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 I wrote out of my heart uh, these prayers to the Holy Spirit. I think we would be so much better off uh, speaking to the Holy Spirit, not always... I don't even know, sort of, about the Holy Spirit. Right. So, John, I, I think we could use to pray to the Holy Spirit, who loves us, too. Right, and, and is living in us and empowering us and, and guiding us into all truth. The book that we're talking about, um, his old book that I've carried around for four years in my car, I mean, the, the, the cover's about that. to fall off, is called Holy Spirit, I Pray. It's just a little book that's just a collection, as Jack said, of prayers to the Holy Spirit, which I, I've just so appreciated in so many different contexts. Um, I want to ask you, though, before you leave us, and we only have a couple minutes left, sure. what do you think, how do you respond when you meet Christ- Christians who say, well, I just read the New Testament? I mean, all we need to know is about Jesus. I mean, what's the Old Testament for anyway? It's just a bunch of old stories. I usually am, I usually affirm the fact that they read the New Testament. I'm glad they're reading the Bible at yes. all. Um, so that's where I would start. And then I think, actually, I was Googling this yesterday. The New Testament is only about a quarter of the Bible. So the Old Testament in length is about three quarters of the Christian Bible, not the Jewish Bible, the Christian Bible. And so I would say, number one, do you really want to only know a quarter of the story? And number two, do you only want to know the last quarter of the story? I mean, if you pick up a if you pick up a three hundred page novel and you only read from page two hundred and twenty six on, <laughs> are you really understanding the novel? Probably not. And the early Christians, I mean, they, you you know this. You you threw a you know a, a fastball down the middle of the plate. They knew their Bibles. You know, when you when you when you at Pentecost. Let's go back to Pentecost when Peter stands up and speaks. I was just talking in Indianapolis about this. He quotes from Psalm 110. He quotes from Psalm 16. He quotes from Joel 3. I mean, his sermon is a basically Old Testament passages strung together. And I wish Christians could do more right. of that, know God's yeah, story agree. from creation all the way Amen. into the death and resurrection and ascension of Jesus Amen. and into the Holy Spirit in our lives. Amen. So who wants just the last quarter of a book? Right. Yes. Don't you right. want to know the whole story? That's good. Hey, yeah. Jack, thanks for being with us. I mean, you're a very thoughtful, holy man, and uh, we certainly appreciate it. It's a very interesting perspective you provided for us today. Thanks for being with us. Uh, you're welcome. So glad to be back with you, too. Thanks. Jack Levison, his brand new book is called A Boundless God, the Spirit According to the Old next, Testament. Next time he comes to Pittsburgh, we're hanging out with Jack. Love him. For 
your next client meeting. Instead of worrying about where to get lunch, why not relax and get down to business? The Cooked Goose Catering Company provides truly delicious value to satisfy hungry clients and colleagues alike, like their bestseller, roast beef and stuffed chicken breast with mashed or roasted potatoes and green beans, just $10.95 a person. Visit CookedGooseCatering.com slash word and get to work. The Cooked Goose Catering Company, just good food. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. Out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip down when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsruspittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. At the Original Mattress Factory, we believe that when something belongs to you, you'll work to make it the best it can be. That's why every OMF employee is also an owner. From the factory to the sales floor to the delivery team, being an owner means that we take pride in all that we do. Each of our employee owners has a customer-first focus to provide not only a better mattress, but a better mattress shopping experience. Visit a location near you or go to OriginalMattress.com to see the Original Mattress Factory difference for yourself. It's almost time for spring cleaning, and Family Dollar is ready to help with the laundry. Load up with great deals on detergents, like select Tide products for $2.95 with Smart Coupon. Visit your local Family Dollar store today and save. I get this warm feeling every single time we have special needs patients in our office. Their needs are not that different from anybody else. Spending the time with that patient is very rewarding to me. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com trip to Europe. Visit all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums. Go skydiving. Okay, so you know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune into your retirement blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group Saturdays at 10 a.m. to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do the things you've always dreamt about doing in retirement. Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to your retirement blueprint with Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. We haven't talked about Katherine Johnson. She passed away on Monday, one of the history-making, barrier-breaking NASA mathematicians whose story was told in Hidden Figures. She was 101 years old. What an unbelievable woman, an unbelievable story. Um, The NASA administrator, Jim Bridenstein, commented at her death by saying that Katherine Johnson helped our nation enlarge the frontiers of space, even as she made huge strides that also opened doors for women and people of color in the universal human quest to explore space. And then he called her an American hero. That's so cool here. This is from the New York Times obit. Wielding little more than a pencil and a slide rule. 
one of the finest mathematical minds in the country. Mrs. Johnson died at 101 at a retirement home in Newport News, Virginia. Calculated the precise trajectories that would let Apollo 11 land on the moon in 1969 after Neil Armstrong's history-making moonwalk let it return to Earth. A single error, she well knew, could have dire consequences for craft and crew. Her impeccable calculations had already helped plot the successful flight of Alan Shepard, who became the first American in space when his Mercury spacecraft went aloft in 1961. So she was a mainstay Mm -hmm. at NASA from the earliest days. Yeah, because she did trajectory analysis for Alan Shepard's 61 mission, Freedom 7, also known for work that contributed to the first American orbital space flight piloted by John Glenn. Mm -hmm. I mean, that wasn't just her only. It's... The Times says Mrs. Johnson was one of several hundred rigorously educated, supremely capable, yet largely unheralded women who, well before the modern feminist movement, worked as NASA mathematicians. Boom. We need, in my opinion, less women talking about being feminists and more women acting like they're capable, intelligent people worthy of something like this woman. Oh, my gosh. With a slide rule and a pencil. Imagine that. That is fabulous, isn't it? A slide rule. So a life well lived for uh, Catherine Johnson. Catherine Johnson. At 101. Hey, thanks for being with us. Uh, we are, uh, like we've been saying throughout the show, on Facebook right yep. now. You can see our mugs, our visage, our what? What are the other... Adjectives. Our moniker? Moniker. Mm-hmm. That's very nice. Sure. Yes. On Facebook, 101.5 Word FM on Facebook or The Ride Home with John and Kathy on you Facebook. You can watch it tonight if you didn't get a chance to oh, see it today. It's not too late. Me, it stays. It lives. It's kind of like Cheers, maybe with I a little sort of friends mixed in. or uh, it's, I don't think it's anything like that. A production of Salem Media Group.